0: Hey guys, on this episode, I'm chatting with my friend, Dr. Lulu Shemek, host of the Genetic Genius Podcast. So if you want to learn how your breakdown can become your breakthrough, you're definitely not going to want to miss this episode and stick around to the end of the show because I have a special free gift for you. recover we are returning to a normal state of health mind or strength we begin the process of regaining control over something that was lost welcome to the road beyond recovery podcast and my name is tamar your host have you ever felt like you were meant for more well i help people discover their purpose so they can follow their passion and realize what they are truly capable of my mission is to empower people in recovery to embrace their authentic selves live up to their true potential and answer the question, what lies beyond recovery for you? Thank you guys for joining me on another episode of the Road Beyond Recovery podcast. I am so incredibly grateful you're here and I'm excited because I've got a bunch of new things on the go, which I'm going to talk about in uh, probably over the next couple of weeks. Uh, So you're just going to have to hang tight and make sure you catch every episode so you don't miss out on the fun. But you know, what I'm really focusing on right now is how to enhance people's recovery, right? I realized that for myself, I had gotten incredibly complacent, uh, probably in between year two to year five. Um, five or six uh, to be honest and I just kind of felt like I was settling in life and I didn't ever want to get in that position because I felt like if I did that it would be a lot easier for me to make a bad decision right being in the wrong place at the wrong time making a decision and completely destroying everything that I'd worked so hard for and so as I started to dive into the world of personal development I started to look for different ways to enhance my own sobriety and I recently had a guest on the show that talked about sobriety being his superpower and you know it's interesting because I've talked to you guys about the fact that you know I've always had these limiting beliefs about myself and who am I to do this kind of thing and I felt that way for years and I realized that I was just lying to myself about that right when in fact my experience and my addiction have actually become my gift and that has allowed me to create a life that i'm incredibly happy with today so what i'm really focusing on is helping people rise in their recovery right how can i help you enhance your own recovery Um, if you're interested in joining me i host a purpose to empowerment weekly workshop this is live Uh, you'll get to ask some questions so it is interactive and we're going to talk about you know the importance of discovering your purpose and then some key concepts that will help you rise in your own recovery right and kind of get a clear direction some more focus on what uh, direction you want to go anyway if you're interested in that make sure you go to the website www.theroadforward.ca/purpose-empowerment And it's also on the first page of the website. You can just go there, scroll halfway down, and sign up for the next workshop if you want to learn how to rise in your own recovery. On today's episode, I'm excited to share the chat I had with my friend, Dr. Lulu Shemek. She's the host of the Genetic Genius podcast. She's also a naturopathic physician, and I love how she helps her clients rewrite their health story, you know. I've talked about in recovery, rewrite, like writing out your story, right? Changing your script, changing how you talk about yourself. And I love how Dr. Lulu does this in terms of your health story. So we talk about, um, you know, the many careers she had before she decided to do what she does today, and that's helping other people reclaim control over their health You know, we talk about how she helps people discover their zest for life, which is such a cool thing. She talks about her new up and coming book and also how she facilitates ceremonies using plants to heal. So there's a ton of good information. Make sure you grab a notepad and a pen and take lots of notes because you're not going to want to miss out. But I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back, everybody. I am sitting here hanging out with my friend, Dr. Lulu, the host of the Ge- Genetic Genius Podcast. How are you?
1: Hi, so nice to see you. I'm doing great. Happy New Year.
0: <laughs> Happy New Year to you, too. and. I'm really excited because we just chatted about your new book, and I'm going to ask you that at the end to go into that deeper, but it's just spurred all these questions in me today, (laughs) and I'm really excited to get started. I know that's (laughs) what the book is about, is spurring the internal question. (laughs) It's so good, everyone. You have to. We're going to leave a link and all that fun stuff, but why don't you start off by telling us a bit about yourself and, of course, what led you to discovering your purpose in life?
1: Sure. Yeah. That can be a long story. So I'm going to keep it brief, <laughs> but yeah, so I'm Dr. Lulu. I'm a naturopathic physician and I work with patients with chronic disease. Um, and my focus is really about hormonal health, um, adrenal support. I work a lot with the brain helping with cognition, memory, um, but really chronic disease and autoimmune disease is my focus. Cause that's where a lot of people have that kind of like, um, I do not say hang up. They get stuck on the road to healing, right? (laughs) So that's my purpose. And passion is really helping people that are on that road to discovering their own health and what that looks like. So that's kind of really like what my purpose is, I guess, or how I discovered my purpose is because I was I was originally working um, I was a massage therapist and I was uh, taking all these different classes for herbalism and essential oils just like different things and I was like I really want to help people the next level because a massage therapist you really can't you know you work on the body but you can't really diagnose and you can't treat and you can't do all those different things so um, I really wanted to help people a different level because I was seeing that physically people could change. I could help them change physically, you know, and I still do, I'm not doing now because of COVID, but I was doing a lot of body work with my patients because the physical level is such a gateway into helping people change. But I realized that if I was able to really see people on a different level, where where that's like seeing them um, on their emotional aspect and really seeing them on their mental aspect and really being able to diagnose things that um, might be missed. That's kind of a lot of my purpose too, is just because that's a real reason that people come and see me is that they, one, they don't know what their diagnosis is. <laughs> Two, they've been diagnosed incorrectly, or three, they've been diagnosed and they have, have no help. And those are kind of like the three main things I think people seek out, myself or other naturopathic physicians. And that's kind of really my purpose is is really like helping people discover the real reason that they became ill and how to move forward through that illness into finding their real purpose in life and health and having fun and being happy and finding their truth and being happy because i feel like if you're not happy you're why are you even on the planet really you know so i really help people to
0: find that purpose of health because that's so key in all aspects of life <laughs> I totally agree. Now, do you have a lot of people who come to you that have been misdiagnosed? Because I know there's a lot of, I mean, prescriptions, you know, it's, it's a huge thing right now. And a lot of people will turn to prescriptions, just because well, a doctor gave it to me, and I don't believe that's necessarily the way. So do you find a lot of people come to you that have been misdiagnosed? Yeah. And I think the kind of the key part of that
1: is that, you know, if we think about the body being an onion and there's lots of different layers, you could be diagnosed with something on that outside layer, right? So what's showing up in your physical illness. But when we really look down at the root cause, which is what i work with patients is discovering that real, you know, the detective, like what's really going on in there. When we discover that, that's really the real diagnosis. And so, you know, it might be, Not that all uh, people are misdiagnosed. I don't want to say that because, you know, but that layer of diagnosis then starts to fall away, if that makes sense, you know, and uh, and then the true diagnosis is able to become evident, whether that's on that emotional level or where it really came from to begin with.
0: Right. And, you know, I I suffered throughout my addiction. I suffered through depression. And at a certain point, I went to go see my doctor because I wanted to, you know, Um, I finally decided to suck up my pride and not let my ego get in the way. But I asked for help. And it was interesting because I absolutely adore my doctor. Um, He said, listen, I can give you medication, but it's going to be very brief. And this is what you have to do. And he set me up with a program. He said, you have to start working on your mindset. You have to start Mm -hmm. doing the work. Because if you don't, you're just going to rely on medication for the rest of your life and that's not what i want for you and so that actually set me down a path to learn how to improve naturally Mm -hmm. yeah it's so key you know um pharmaceuticals are there for a purpose
1: you know and most of the time they're really good for emergent medicine when we need a higher intervention but when we're on a pharmaceutical long term it suppresses our body's real ability to heal at a cellular level and especially when it comes to depression because you know, it's like a band-aid, most of the pharmaceuticals are band-aids when it comes to depression and they can make symptoms a lot worse, even suicidal. And so I work with a lot of patients with mental illness, especially depression and anxiety. And, you know, I working with the root cause of that can be, um, take a while. Like, you know, it's not going to be like this instantaneous life bulb that goes off, like ding, everything's better. <laughs> you know, no, when we work from the natural perspective, sometimes it can take longer because we're actually diving deeper.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. Now you, help clients rewrite their health story. And I Mm -hmm. that really struck me. That's that's something in your new book that you talk about. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Because I totally believe in rewriting your story. And I believe many of us have to. So we overcome the beliefs or the old patterns that we have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, that's a huge part of how I work with
1: patients. And I love that you brought that up. Because, you know, first of all, let's talk about like what the health story is. So the health story is kind of like where you are in your moment of time with health, you know, and most of patients that are suffering from chronic disease, it's almost like you have blinders on when you're in that chronic state of health and all you see is that current health story. You know, um, I'm, I'm depressed or I have anxiety or I have diarrhea, whatever it is, you know. And so rewriting the health story is looking forward on that next moment in time. We're always like, you know, a step forward on the on the story. So, you know, we're five chapters ahead. So working ahead, like what, what would it be if you were this with your health? Like for example, you know, if I had all the energy I would be able to do this. You know, because patients will come in and they say, um, "You know, I want to be better." I'm like, "Well, what does that mean for you to be better? <laughs> you know, do you really want to have all the energy to do, you know, to take care of your kids or uh, to go to work or you know, w- w- whatever that is for you? What do? You, what's your health story physically? What What do you want to be? Because when we rewrite the story, it creates another path for us to be on for walking down and being able to see the vision forward and rewriting the health story is so powerful for patients because they see things in a way that they never really were or, or were able to see i guess if that makes sense because when you open up the new chapter it's like you don't necessarily leave behind all the old chapters, right? We want, they're part of us, but when we stay in that old chapter consistently, it creates a chronic tape tape loop, which, you know, it's, and when we write the new health story, we break the tape loop, which is so key for
0: health improvement. (laughs) And I, you know, I focus on exactly the same thing with my clients where they have these limiting beliefs about themselves that they're not Mm -hmm. capable of more. And it's interesting looking at it from a health perspective because it's true, right? What we think we become. Mm -hmm. So when we imagine ourselves with this new healthy lifestyle and living and how we feel, I mean, there's a lot of emotion that I put into my visualizations every day. And I do it every day. When I wake up, I focus on my health. When I go to bed, I focus on what I want my future to look like in terms of helping people.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's so key. And having a morning and evening ritual can be so beneficial, you know, and it doesn't take long. It's not like you need an hour. Right. <laughs> I used to live at a, a retreat center and I meditated like three times a day for thirty 32 minutes to an hour. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I don't need this much time to meditate, you know? So you just need a little bit to, like you said, to, to create the vision. And I also tell patients, so create the vision that works for you. So if you're visual, create a vision board. If you like to write, you know, write down your vision. If you like to, if you're really visual in the mind, think about it, maybe paint it or, you know, just verbalize it because there's lots of ways, you know, it's kind of the kinesthetic vision training (laughs) of what works best for you. Then it really allows it to go deep into the cells and ingrain and then allows you
0: to be eight steps forward. I totally agree. And I, you know, I have, my visions, I actually use little apps now because I do, you know, technology makes things a little bit easier, but I thought, why not take advantage of that? And I Mm -hmm. will do my meditation every morning and then I wake up and I, my affirmations with my picture of my nice sunny beach with crystal (laughs) clear blue water. And I focus on that Mm -hmm. and it just puts a smile on my face. Mm Mm-hmm. So I love in the book as well, I know, I just, you know, I'm, I'm so excited about it, but you talk about your breakdown becoming your breakthroughs. And Mm -hmm. I believe personally that our adversity and what we go through in our life can be the best thing that happens to us. It can become our greatest asset.
1: Mm Yeah, that's so true. You know, I think that main point of that really is like when we, it's not like we have to open up the emotional wound <laughs> to create the healing, but in one aspect we do because we've sealed it over, right? It's like we had this trauma and the book is a lot about trauma. We've had this trauma and we've sealed it over to protect it right it's now in this like shell of protection and then for us to be able to actually heal to break through we have to like open the wound up again <laughs> right and so it's this raw place and when it's in that raw moment that's actually when the most healing takes place and that can be the scariest place to be right it's like you're in you're afraid to be there you're afraid to be in the moment but but you also feel excited right? It's like that kind of like that edge of excitement and fear. You're on the cliff, and you're going to jump off, you know, <laughs> that's when the real healing takes place. And when we have that breakthrough, it, it just is amazing to,
0: to watch and witness. It's just a pro so profound. It is. And it's a gift. I get to experience the same thing. And it's just like, this is why I do this. Right. And, and that's why I want to encourage other people to find their purpose. Because I find a lot of times when we go on these types of journeys, we, we think of things that we would have never thought of before, like a health journey, you know, people working with you might be like, wow, I want to do this. You know, I want to help people for a living in this way mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Finding your purpose can
1: be, um, it can, I don't, it's, a, you know, it's a it's a hard place for people sometimes to understand, I think, because, you know, it's like people think that your purpose has to be this magic I don't know, diamond where it's like, your purpose is the most amazing thing in the universe, but it is to you. It might not be, you have to be president of the United States or you have to you know, whatever it is, (laughs) but you know, for you, that purpose is your diamond. And when you find the purpose, then you shine. And I think that's really key for people is like realizing like, you know, your purpose might, it's just what makes you happy. And when we're in the space of being stuck in, non, in non-happiness non or, or misery, I guess is a better word, or even just in a funk, you know, that's when, you know, I am, I personally, I find myself, I like get in funks all the time and I'm like, oh, well that what's going on, you know? And so then I realized, well, I wasn't quite doing everything I wanted to do to have fun that day, I'm realizing my true happiness place. Does that
0: make sense? <laughs> it totally does. So Mm -hmm. another area I want to touch on is that you facilitate ceremonies, which is, I think is so cool using plants
1: Mm -hmm. to heal.
0: Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, sure, totally.
1: So, I love plants. It's one of my like uh passions in life, like my, my purpose <laughs> is to one of my big purposes. I have a lot actually, but this is a big one, <laughs> is to really help people learn how to about plant medicine, about plants and so like learn how to have them in their own environment. Like, you know, even if you live in a really small space, you can still have a plant in your living room or, you know, something like that. That really cuz even just being in the presence of the plant can have so much healing And I'm a botanical um, medicine director at um, the Veterans Healing Farm here in Hendersonville, and I facilitate workshops there. So um, the ceremony with plants here, like, and specifically, uh, so there's two parts of it. One is I do ceremony with plants here where I live, and then also I travel and do ceremony with plants around the world. And the reason because of that is because plants, you know, just like us, we have DNA we're connected, and plants communicate. I mean, especially because they have roots and they go down to the earth, so they're very connected. You know, and I think that their communication level is way more advanced than we give them credit for, right? <laughs> um, they, they have a different uh, cell phone. <laughs> 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 In line, they don't need to have a cell phone, or they just communicate. But the ceremony allows those plants to connect because a lot of that connection has become has become disconnected through. Um, I don't know, different things we've done on the one, the medicine has been lost. The ancient healing of plants has been lost and it's now invigorating and coming back to the surface, which we're seeing uh, all over the world. And two, through the trauma of the planet, some of those plants have been lost in in their history and memory. So having a ceremony around the world then ignites that memory within the plants to help the
0: community to then learn about the plants. Does that make sense? It does. And I love that idea. It's so like, I would have never thought about it.
1: <laughs> well, that's what that's my purpose. <laughs> 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 to help the plants be activated. That's really about the key. You know, it's just like to activate the plants because then it actinate activates the memory within us. And when that memory is activated with within us, we're able to use the plants to heal. And there's so many ways the plants can help us heal through just breathing, through relaxing, through energizing, through a walk in the woods, through mindfulness. You know,
0: they have such a purpose to help us or to just be. <laughs> right Right.
1: they don't have to we don't have to take them eternally
0: (laughs) and how long should one be outside in nature because you hear it all the time and I think Mm -hmm. with the world we live in today a lot of people are isolating a lot of people are suffering from depression and anxiety but what do you recommend if somebody comes to you and and doesn't get out enough like what's something you recommend to do Right. Well, even just sitting outside, if you can't, if you don't have
1: the place to go for a walk, which is really great. If you can walk in your own, you know, walk to a lake or a trail that's near you or drive to one, even if you could just sit out on your deck and absorb the sunshine because the sunshine is so key to helping us with vitamin D and vitamin D is a uh, highly studied and connected to depression. So, you know, that's what you're, you're just mentioning there is that, you know, a lot of people have been going through like during COVID suffering from depression, depression, and isolation, and the sun can help us with that. So even if you can't make it to be out in nature with a, with plants and hiking or walking, but at least sitting out on your deck 15 minutes a day will help you absorb that sun, and it will be so beneficial. Um, not everyone is able to absorb vitamin D. There can be a genetic deficiency, so it's good to have that checked. Um, and then you might need to take it in orally as a supplement in conjunction with being outside as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, do you have a daily routine? I love to ask people about their routines <laughs> and how they get out and because it gives other people ideas right of what they can do and how they can adjust mm-hmm. their own daily routine. Right, totally. I super have a routine. I'm like <laughs> over the top or routine
1: organized, which (laughs) sometimes can be to my downfall. I try not to give. I I don't give myself a hard time if I don't follow through with routine, but um, I get up in the morning. The first thing I do is I just go straight to meditation because it's really quiet in my house. I get up before there's no one, you know, bouncing around and and it's also dark outside, which I really like for me too, because it creates that, um, that real sense of um, connection to the, the stillness when in that darkness and I really like that for my brain. So that's my first like connection. I just do like 15 minutes and then, then I'll you know get ready for the day. And then I'll, I always make some kind of detox juice, whether that's through with lemon or greens or ginger. You know, I'm always doing some kind of juice do- in the morning because that helps my body to release any toxins that the liver hasn't been able to do, do its job overnight, but also from the environment, and just helps me get started. Um, and then I'll do work throughout the day, seeing patients and writing and all of that good stuff, um, and a healthy lunch in the middle. And a lot of times, I'll try to do a stretching break in the middle of the day just to, because I do a lot of sitting. Especially, I know a lot of listeners during COVID, we've all been transitioning to do a lot more work at home. So I suggest doing, um, you know, stretching exercises at your desk throughout the day, but especially during the middle of the day, during that break to really recharge the body, drinking lots of water. And then in the evening, I make a great dinner. And then I do some type of exercise in the evening just to kind of help my body. Oh, I forgot to exercise in the morning. Well, I always do that. (laughs) But I do an exercise in the evening, something quick with my husband, usually so that we can connect like a walk around our great neighborhood or to the park, something for that connection. Um, And then I watch some kind of like fun little TV show to help my mind just like have a break. (laughs) And then maybe some meditation if I'm still awake.
0: I usually fall asleep to my meditation at night.
1: Right? Yeah.
0: I always put on some relaxing music. I have a timer and then it just helps
1: me go to sleep.
0: Yeah. Excellent. I know I do. I I will sit there and I might make it maybe two minutes in and then I'm out. (laughs) <laughs> and I wake up with my headphones on in the middle of the night, kind of twisted around my head. And I take right, them off. Right, totally. Yeah, I don't have a problem sleeping. I'm, I'm,
1: I'm very thankful. A lot of patients that I work with have insomnia. It's one of the top, I would say, the top ten things that people come in and suffer with, especially women. Um, But I love to sleep. I'm blessed with love to sleep and uh, sleep like a rock. <laughs>
0: Oh, I wish I could say the same thing. I sleep better (laughs) than I have, you know, before now that I have a solid routine. But I know a lot of people right now I talk to actually, I'm glad you brought up the sleep thing, because I Mm. believe sleep is one of the most important things. And I don't sacrifice, I don't take it for granted, like I used to, because if I don't get enough sleep, I make some really terrible decisions the next day. <laughs> right. So <yeah. laughs> if somebody's struggling with sleep, because it's a huge mm-hmm. part of your health, what is, what is kind of the first few things you tell them? Yeah. Well, first I have them do a sleep assessment, which is key because I want to
1: learn, um, you know, are they having, there's lots of different problems when it comes to sleep. Are you having problems going to sleep? Are you having problems staying asleep? <laughs> Are you waking up rested? Do you have energy throughout the day? You know, so there's first a sleep assessment, and and sometimes I'll send them out for sleep testing if it's really a, a, a major issue that I need to see more lab work on. Um, then I'll do basic lab work to see how their system is doing. Most of the time, I'll do an adrenal panel and a cortisol panel because their cortisol hormone is really can really be affected when you have poor sleep or if your adrenals are not functioning well. So um, that's key. And then also like looking at different foods that you're eating uh, um, is really important too. When you're eating, are you getting enough protein, especially in the evening? Protein can really help with sleep. What's your caffeine intake? (laughs) You know, a lot of people don't realize how caffeine affects themselves, especially during the afternoon. That can really change your cortisol levels and also blood sugar. So a lot of times I'll do some uh, glucose analysis because when we are blood sugar is out of balance, the adrenal glands then have to compensate and that can change our cortisol levels. So there's lots of different aspects. So yeah, I do a lot of work with, it's not just, it's usually not just one thing when it comes to sleep. Um, you know, and a lot of it has to do with the mental aspect too. You know, are you having ruminating thoughts? Um, are you really stressed? You know, lots of different things can come into play there.
0: Yeah. And it's, I, I, I love sleep. I'm so grateful that I decided to start focusing on sleep about probably a year and a half ago. But now I don't I get anxious if I'm out and about, which obviously doesn't happen as much anymore. But as soon as a certain time hits, I'm like, Okay, guys, come on, like, we got to wrap this up because I got to get to bed.
1: (laughs) Right, totally. Yeah, it's important to get a certain number of hours of of sleep per night, you know. I always ask, what first of all, what makes you feel the best, right? Is it six hours, seven, or eight? That's usually kind of that sweet spot. But like you said, it is so key because it's actually when our body goes into a restoration and healing phase is at night. All the different organs have a break, right? The brain is basically that like turned off because it's still doing a lot of the functions, but it's not having to do so many things that it has to do out through the day, especially when it comes to digestion. You know, it's our time when our digestive system. The liver, the spleen, the the large intestine, the small intestine—you know—all those organs are able to have this sweet break from the day. And if we're not sleeping properly those organs then suffer <laughs> because, you know, and we see that through different effects on all types of different chronic illnesses down the line. It's not like one night of this sleep is going to <laughs> have a huge effect, but like you said, it can one one night can definitely change the way you think.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I, I find myself personally when, cause I mean, weight loss and nutrition have always been big on my list. Cause it's something I mm-hmm. struggle with. Right. I no longer turn to alcohol for my solution. So if I'm really tired, I'm looking for energy. So I reach towards the foods that I, you know, really shouldn't be eating because I know how it's going to make me feel a few hours down the line. So
1: true. And the thyroid is such a huge part of metabolism and weight loss, but it can also be really directed to energy and sleep. So that's another thing I didn't mention, but checking the thyroid is always something that I do when it's about sleep, because that can be a huge component, especially where, you know, it's amazing how many more thyroid conditions have come on, I don't know, maybe in the past 15 years, many women have issues with their thyroid. This is all about the issue of communication. Are we speaking our truth? How long have we been shut down from saying what we truly want? where we want to be in this place, in the world, what's our place, you know, and I think that has created through the genetic lineage of our heritage with women, this place of the thyroid not working well. And now we're like, okay, <laughs>
0: yes, I have a voice <laughs> and I'm going to tell you how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I've never heard that before. So it de- it's very impactful then towards our health. If we actually talk about our, like we, we speak our truth.
1: Right. And that's part of the health story that you were talking about earlier. I always talk about patients like, okay, who have you not been telling that health story to, is it, you know, are, or are you telling a health story because you don't want to face a relationship in your life? And that's really key. Like, you know, oh, if I um, am always ill, I won't have to face the reality of my partner, Mm -hmm. right. You know, and so telling your health story verbally to your family and your partners can be extremely important and life-changing.
0: Wow. I had no idea. So I guess I'm doing pretty good for health then because yeah, I've been just totally. it all out. That's right. Yeah. You're doing amazing. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Definitely some areas to work on, but let's talk about the podcast because you and I both do a ton of stuff outside of what we do on a regular right. day-to-day yes, basis. I don't know how I do everything on a day, but it's how I do. <laughs> I don't know either. So what inspired you to start the podcast? Yeah, you know, I really
1: there's two main reasons. Well, there's probably more than that. But one <laughs> is I the I think it's the main one is I really want it to be accessible for people all over the world at any place and moment for them to learn about health. And I felt that was the easiest avenue because it's pretty much easy anyone can access a podcast now. They have some they have some ability to do that. And I thought that was the easiest way for them to find out about ways to have a better health, healthy life, to have a better healthy life and to learn about genetics. So that's number two, because I find that the DNA is such a key um, component of how we're shifting in this next kind of like level of time that we're in in 2021, (laughs) is that learning about how our body functions at the cellular level and helping people to learn that our DNA and genetics and epigenetics is so powerful. It gives us so many tools. It's not, you know, and, and to also help people to not be afraid of their genes. You know, it's like, it's not like this It's going to, it's not a stamp of this is what's going to happen to you for the rest of your life. It actually is so empowering because it gives us tools about how our metabolism works, how our hormone works, you know, and, and, and it enables us to have a new open book, like that you're saying, that health vision, it allows us to be able to see the road in a much different way for us to take a choice to take, you know, this is the one I want to do on. And look what's going to be head. What can I do now to change it? So those are kind of like my two reasons. And I third is I love talking to people about health and learning about what they do. It's so fun. I have so much enjoyed it. It's just been really, really fun.
0: Yeah. I incur, I know a lot of people now that are starting to listen to more podcasts and it's almost mm-hmm. like a it's a mini education mm-hmm. you know session and I when I only 2019 is when I discovered podcasts and it's completely changed my life because <laughs> I ended up meeting you know one of my pod, podcast uh, hosts that I had been listening to for a while and he's now my podcast coach and oh, awesome! <laughs> you know like it's just expanded and I get to have great conversations with people like yourself it's so cool <laughs> yeah it's
1: so great. and i've you know I've been interviewing people in germany and um in Colombia, so that you know it's really great too because you know I was just actually reading this um like research about my podcast. And it's actually more, getting more popular in other countries. And that's because I think that that access is, is limited to health. If, you know, it's like they don't have the same access that we do in the United States. And so that to me was just so, I was so happy when I found that out. I was like, yes, because that's where I want it to be. I want people that, you know, are on their little, like, I don't know, little moped listening to their radio and they can tune in and find out something that no one in, in their town can help them with.
0: Yeah. And that's, Mm -hmm. oh, wow. That's amazing. So you're worldwide. You're international podcast. Yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) This is exciting. Totally. (laughs) So now let's talk about your book because it hasn't launched yet, but it's coming soon. We want to hear all about it.
1: Yeah, so I'm super excited, um, and it's supposed to be launching in the spring. Where it's, <laughs> it is for alpha presale, so we'll just see. Kind of like we're still in the editation, edit, editing process. So, but anyway, yeah, it's coming out soon. So um, it's detox, nourish, and activate plant and vibrational medicine for energy, mood and love. So that's like a big, a big title. So we can break it down a little bit and you can ask me questions. So the first part is detox, nourish and activate. So that's the D, the N and the A of the DNA. (laughs) And so those are the three levels that are talked throughout the book about how to work and healing the body through those levels by detoxing the body, nourishing the body and activating the body. So that's kind of the key. And then the next part is the plant and vibrational medicine. So we use all different methods throughout the book um, to help heal the body. So that's plant medicine, um, crystal medicine, aromatherapy, meditation, um, animal alchemy. I mean, there's lots of different, there's 11 interventions that we use throughout the book to help people activate the systems. So we have the brain, which is, um, so we have mood energy, and love. So love is our heart system. So it's all about that system. And then we have mood is the brain and energy is the adrenal glands. So those three systems are the focus of the book because we felt like those were the, um, if you think about the body, it's like the brain is at the top, the heart is in the middle and the adrenals at the bottom. It's connecting everything to the upper level of the body and the bottom level of the body.
0: (laughs) I like that. I'm very excited. I got a little sneak preview, which I totally appreciate, (laughs) but let's 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 talk about the brain, right? Because I don't think, I don't, you know, I never really, I mean, I think mindset and I think, you know, always improving how much I'm learning and what I'm feeding my brain. But can you get a little bit more into that?
1: Yeah, sure. So, you know, the brain, we really focused on kind of the nervous system aspect of the brain. And especially because the book has a lot about to do with trauma and how the brain is affected by trauma. And so, the book really goes into deep. But let's talk about like we can take like a um one of the systems, the detox nourish, and activate. So if we talk about detox and we're talking about the physical system, then we're talking about detoxifying pain, right? Releasing inflammation. So on that level, the cells will hold on to inflammation and pain in that place of trauma, whether that could be like you had an accident or something. If we're talking about on the emotional level, you know, there's tons of different aspects of our brain and the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. System are affected when it comes to mood, right? So we're talking about anxiety, depression, all different types of things. So when we're talking about releasing those, as far as detoxifying, we're releasing those emotions tra- from that trauma level that are deeply seated in our DNA that are affecting us and not letting us to move forward out of this place of stuckness. Um, and then we, um, we're talking about the that's kind of like the emotional and the mental level together, but the mental level is really about memory, right? Cognition focus. And so the book then goes detoxifying, you know, it an interesting way to think about like, well, how, do I want to detox my focus? Well, that's when you're like, have an overload, right? You can think about your brain is, or your body in the brain as being a bucket right? And so when this bucket is so full of information, <laughs> you remember that movie? Um, uh, I think it was called God, when he opens up the filing cabinet, and it just like goes to a million miles behind <laughs> him, all the files of information, that's our brain, right? And so we have all this stuff in here, and we need to dump out, which is not serving us, it, whether that is something that we met, remember a place of trauma that is affecting us and not enabling us to move forward. Or maybe it's because the neurons aren't actually functioning and firing properly. There's lots of different ways that that can work. So does that help to make sense about how the brain works in relationship
0: to detoxification? It does. So how, because as soon as you said, you know, dumping information in the brain, (laughs) I have, every time I listen to a podcast or I talk to somebody, I get these ideas, right? So I feel like I've got this mountain of ideas piling up in my head and I do do a brain dump, but (laughs) for people who are overwhelmed, right, and have a lot going on, mm-hmm. how would you do that brain detoxification and get rid of that information? Right? Yeah, that's a great
1: question. Okay. So within each system of the book, the, um, the, adrenals, the the adrenals, the heart and the brain, then it's broken down to detox, nourish and activate. So it's kind of, there's nine sections and each of those has a, it's called a photon wheel. So our body, the photon is a is a light system. And so it's like working with the body from that system of light. So within that wheel, we have all the interventions. So let's say you were wanting to do a brain detox. You would go to that system. You would look on the wheel and then let's say you would pick, um, we talk about how to do this, but you would pick, pick like, um, uh, an herb and a crystal and a meditation. <laughs> so, and there's also affirmation. Let's pick an affirmation because I think that that really is helpful. So then you can choose some things and then you can work through that system to help that system to be activated, detoxed or nourished, whatever it needs. But Also, we have meditations that you can listen to on um, on YouTube that are connected to the book. And so let's say you're wanting to learn about how the brain functions, like in the physical level, and how to detoxify it. You follow that link, and it goes to the meditation, and then you have that system is fully detoxed. Does that make
0: sense? It does, and I love how you go to meditation.
1: Yeah, it's multifaceted, which is part, we knew that that was part, it couldn't just be one aspect. Our body is very multifaceted.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I use meditation for everything, right? If, if I need to focus on something specifically and have that crystal clear focus, I listen to meditations that are around that topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and,
1: and when you are in that meditation space, it opens up your ability to heal in a different way. Right. And so because you're 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 tuning out, but you're tuning in. (laughs) And so that allows the healing to happen at this exponential level that you would never have realized before. So we have different, um, uh, I myself focus a lot on the physical aspect in the book. And then my my co-writer, Adora Winquist, focuses a lot on the emotional aspect. So she does a lot of those meditations. And so it comes together. It's like you get the emotional and the physical meditations together. So you really have this
0: healing on all levels of the cells. It's like a great, big, massive hug. Totally. Yes. (laughs) Yes, that's exactly what the book is. The big hug. (laughs) (laughs) That's what will promote it. You got to get your big hug today. Hashtag big hug. (laughs) (laughs) So when you talk about detox and you talk about trauma... Would that, um, go with addiction as well? Because I know that, you know, a lot of people, obviously, when they come into recovery and they turn their lives around, there's a lot of garbage in their head. Right. And Mm -hmm. there's a lot of detox that's needed, not only physically, but very like mentally. Right. Yeah. And we do talk about that in the book. And I w- do
1: want to make one point is that we also specify, like, if you need more help, you, you need to, you know, reach out and find a professional because yes. the book um, is a great um, addition to healing, but also sometimes you need to have a professional on board whether it's like working with myself or another practitioner or something like that. But yes, the book can totally help with addictions and addictions are about the brain, especially when we're talking about neurotransmitters and the communication and all the hormones there. But they're also a lot about the heart, right? Really loving yourself, being able to open up to yourself and to others. And we talk about that in the book and the connection between those two pieces, because, you know, I myself uh, had, have all kinds of (laughs) different addictions. (laughs) Um, And I know um, when I'm triggered with those, I guess that is a good way to point, you know, it's like, you know, how, what is this pattern that I'm seeing in my life? Why am I having this addictive, um aspect come up what is triggering it you know and um there's all kinds of levels of addictions as you know and some can be really detrimental to the health and, uh, and, and able and take a longer time to clear right? But, uh, and then others are more, maybe we don't think they're detrimental, <laughs> whether that's cleaning the toilet or something like that. <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, those don't take as long to clear from the DNA because they're at more of a superficial DNA level. They're not really ingrained deep within the DNA. And so when we're working at the, with the DNA at a deeper level, we have to not only work with ourselves, but we have to work with our bloodline of our family, we talk a lot about that in the book too, our mother and father bloodline, our genetic heritage, because we have taken all of those beliefs throughout our life and ingrained it with us in ourselves, because it's just part of like, you know, how we were brought up. (laughs) And so sometimes we have to detox that (laughs) to be able to move forward. And we talk about that in the book, really, you know, detoxing that aspect and clearing that part of your DNA. So you're a clear blue slate (laughs) or clear slate because that's what you need
0: for healing is a clear slate i agree and that's something Mm -hmm. i found in recovery right because i started to clean up my past i started to look Mm -hmm. at things and realize wow my life was my fault and you know even though i had all these beliefs that i had you know generated over time my parents were very loving you know they Mm -hmm. were very supportive But yet, as I got older, I started to develop these beliefs about myself, and um, the reason I mention this is because you mentioned loving yourself, and Mm. that was something that was really hard for me to do, because I would always look back and said, well, who's going to love that?
1: Right. Yeah, no. that that's really that can be so hard. Yeah, and I I also I always was like the the kid that always <laughs> didn't fit in really. You know, like I I was the the weird one, I guess you could say. And I love my weirdness now. Now I embrace it and I love it. But it was really you know it can be so hard when you're a kid. And and I went I went to five different high schools, um and because we moved around a lot. And so I always felt like you know I'll have to start over again, um meet new people and like try to fit in in a way. So I usually would do whatever was asked. like if we were out partying out, they were like, okay, you know, here you go. like, okay great, I'll fit in if I do this <laughs> <You know? laughs> So that didn't always work out to be the best plan.
0: <laughs> no, and it's good to embrace our authentic selves because I've learned mm-hmm. over the last couple of years to really be okay with sitting in silence and mm. being by myself. And I think for- forcing myself to take on a career where I traveled all the time, Mm -hmm. and you know because before COVID hit i was gone for five out of seven weeks so i get a lot of time to myself but i started to really embrace that silence and embrace Mm -hmm. the time that i had where there was no distraction there was no responsibility than other than doing what i had to do in a day but i took advantage of this and thought how can i be okay just being here with me right and that's such a huge
1: point that you just made there about healing You know, when we are able to be with ourselves and recognize the aspect of healing, that's when the real healing takes
0: place. And a lot of people are not happy with themselves. And that's where the chronic illness stems from. Exactly. And I found that even now, you know, I love my spouse, but I've gotten to a point where even if things are a little rough, I'm okay because Mm -hmm. I'm okay to just sit back and do my thing you know, mm-hmm. and do what I love. And I know he's going to be there and I know things will be fine the next day. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. When you're true, when
1: you believe in yourself, then it's easier for others to just, and we can't control our environment around us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I work a lot with patients who have that, a particular um, issue. I don't like the word issue. Um, particular thing that they're working with, right. <laughs> Is the control factor when we, and especially now with COVID over the past year, I've seen so many patients with stress and anxiety and depression and that when that control factor is a huge part of life they don't know what to do right and so when you let that piece of control
0: go then it's just you (laughs) and when you're just you the healing can really take place oh i love that because i mean i talk about in my new book expectations because we we can only focus on the things that we can control and oftentimes we'll find ourselves when we expect things of people around us, I used to get terribly stuck in my head, and then the resentments would build. And that's terrible for your health, right? Yeah, not good. (laughs) It's like we can't spend time being upset at people for things that we can't control. Right no, and and, you know that can be a big part like you were just talking about the
1: addictions that can be a big part is because you know we don't feel we're trying to control our environment which we can't control and then so we use a, a vice to help us to feel like we're in control.
0: That's so true. And yet, I was completely out of control. So Right, I know, but then it, right, it backfires, right? Totally, yeah. It does. <laughs> We're not making very good choices here. So, right, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I'm so excited for your book. I can't wait till it comes out. I'll make sure I have everything in the show notes. You can pre-buy it today currently, right? On Amazon?
1: Mm-hmm, yeah, if you and you can just look for me, Dr. Lulu Shemik. Uh, that's an easy way or you can look for the title of the book, both of the or it's on my website, straight right on the website where I go to about it says new book. And so that's a really easy way you can find out through all of those things. And my website is doclulu, D-O-C-L-U-L-U.com.
0: <laughs> It's It's really easy. <laughs> Perfect. And if people want to connect with you on social media, how can they find you?
1: I think the easiest way is Instagram, because that's where I'm posting most of the time. And I love Instagram Instagram's really fun for me. And I have blogs and you know all kinds of programs. That's the best way to really connect.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Well, I totally appreciate you being on the show. I can't wait to share your book with the world because I think it's I can't wait to wait, read the rest of it, you know. So if you feel like sending <laughs> more over, you go
1: right ahead. Okay, after it's edited, I'll get you the version.
0: Nice. <laughs> it's only like a uh, 550 pages, so Oh, that's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Easy one-night read. That's right, totally. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much. I had a wonderful time being here. Have a great day. Well, I hope you got a lot of notes. And enjoyed that episode. I I just love this podcasting thing, as you guys know, just being able to talk to, you know, people like Dr. Lulu and just be inspired. And I know I learn so much. This is almost like a self-education. Every time I jump into an interview, it's, I, I just am excited for what I'm going to learn. And I know you guys can't see it on this end, but I actually have a notepad and I take constant notes throughout the interview so that I can learn as much as possible as well. And I just love people like Dr. Lulu for what she does and you know that she's helping people rewrite their stories because I think at the end of the day, we all have a choice, right? We can choose the life we want. We just have to believe that it's possible, Right. So if you're, you know, struggling right now with your belief system, reach out, ask for help. You can always shoot me an email, tomorrow at theroadforward.ca. I'm happy to book a 30 minute call with you so we can chat, but it really comes down to your belief. If you can, if you believe that you can do something and you can achieve something, you can, and it's important to enjoy the journey, you know, don't focus as much on the outcome as you focus on the journey of getting to where it is that you wanna go in life. Anyway, guys, I told you that I was giving you a free gift. Now, if you head on over to Amazon, you can download my book, Hope Elevated and Beyond Recovery. But right now, if you head over to my website, which is theroadforward.ca slash beyond recovery, you can actually download my first book, Hope Elevated, absolutely free. You'll get a PDF version emailed to you. So if you want to take advantage of this, I don't know how much longer I'm going to do this, but I really want to share my story and spread hope that change is possible. So head on over to the website, theroadforward.ca slash beyond recovery. If you head on over to the show notes, the link is there as well. And you can download your copy today. Guys, I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Road Beyond Recovery. Did you know that our dreams can become a reality? When you determine your purpose in life and you allow that purpose to guide you, anything is possible, it just takes action. Don't wait until you're ready. Start to create the life you were truly meant to live right now. I am super passionate about my mission to help people live up to their true potential. So if you wanna learn more, check out my website at www.theroadforward.ca. And until next week, keep exploring what lies beyond recovery for you.